All right, so uh, we are in uh, the midst of a sermon series. The sermon series is titled Half Truths. Uh, it's based uh, on the book by Adam Hamilton called Half Truths. It's really pretty small, so if you're looking for something to read, it's an interesting read. I really love Adam Hamilton. Um, the scripture, or excuse me, the, the theme today and then the scripture, the theme is... Um, God won't give you more than you can handle. The half-truth, God won't give you more than you can handle. I'm guessing I'm not the only one who's heard that or been told that. Um, <laughs> super helpful, isn't it? <laughs> Sorry. Like, it never feels like a help when someone says that to you. Like, you share your pain and they're like, oh, don't worry, sweetheart. God won't give you more than you can handle. Oh, maybe I'm just weaker than God thought. I don't know, like... It's not easy, right? So here's the scripture that this stems from. It's 1 Corinthians 10, 12 through 13. This is Paul writing to the church at Corinth. So those who think they are standing need to watch out or else they may fall. No temptation has seized you that isn't common for all people. But God is faithful. God won't allow you to be tempted beyond your abilities. Instead, with the temptation, God will also supply a way out so that you will be able to endure it. So something to make note of right away is almost always when this phrase is used, God won't give you more than you can handle, it's out of context, right? So what's the context here about God not giving you more than you can handle? Is it about... Pain, it's about temptation. It's not about bad things happening to you. That's not what Paul's talking about, right? So uh, when someone shares with you, I, I, like something happens, my spouse passed away, uh, I've lost a job, some hardships happen, and they say, oh, well, God won't give you more than you can handle. Out of context! That's what you, next time, just point right in their face. You just say, no! That's not what it says. It's not what it's about. The context here, and, and just so you know, Paul is writing to Corinth. Corinth is a Greek city, and Greek-like, on every corner, it seems, there's another temple to another god, Aphrodite, lots of like Greek paganism, and the Greeks knew how to celebrate vices, right? I mean, it's like gluttony, like eat it up, sex, yes, whatever. I mean, it is like right out there. And so a lot of stuff's happening in Corinth, and so Paul's writing to these new Christians, because everyone's a new Christian at this point, uh, if you're a Christian at all. Like, hey, lot, I, we get it, right? You've grown up in this culture. You've grown up in this city. We know what's normal for you. We know that this is just what people do, right? It's like a Christian going off to Boise State. And you're like the Greek society, right? Like, oh, it's just normal to get wasted every weekend. It's just normal, like hookup culture, normal. And so Paul's trying to write to Christians in this kind of environment to say, but you don't have to give in. You don't have to live like that anymore, right? That there's no temptation strong enough that God won't give you the strength to endure it, to overcome it. God's going to open up a door for you to get out of that temptation, right? There's always a way to, like a, an escape hatch. So that's sort of the context that Paul's writing. This has nothing to do with I'm going through such horrible pain and trauma right now. Oh, don't worry. God won't give you more than you can handle. Mis misapplication, right? 
Uh, it is about when we feel tempted, God will give us the strength to avoid it, right? There's no temptation that is just unavoidable. No temptation that is guaranteed to win. Do you see? I mean, I, th I think the difference makes sense to you, I hope. I still don't know if I like it, though. I still have, I'm still frustrated a little bit, right? Um, the whole notion, like, even if we used it properly, even if we wanted to say, like, oh, you know, God, you'll never be tempted more than, like, what God could help you endure, the whole mindset, God won't give you more than you can endure, suggests that you ought to be strong enough. You ought to have enough fortitude to just handle whatever life throws at you, right? Very American. You are strong enough. You can handle it. You do it. it it's like takes pride in the idea that somehow Joe Bankard is strong enough to handle his own problems. And if I'm not, I don't have enough faith. That, that's nice. That's always helpful. We'll just pile that shame on top of it. So if you're going through trouble, if you give in to temptation, if you screw up, I'm weak. I don't have enough faith, right? And so uh, how do we reverse this? Like, how do we get out of the macho Christianity, the go ahead, bring it on, God? It's like Forrest Gump or whatever, Captain Dan on the boat. Like, is that all you got, God? Or whatever, like after the storm. Like, how do we get out of that mindset? And you try to get into one to say, man, this feels overwhelming to me. I need help. Like, that feels more Christian to me. This feels overwhelming. This feels like a pain I can't endure. This feels like it might break me. Can, can someone sit with me? Can someone cry with me? Can someone pray with me? That attitude, that disposition feels much more Christian to me than, well, don't worry. You can do it. God won't give you more than you can handle. And even with temptation, I just... Like, we're all at a different place in our lives, and for some of us, there are things that are just too tempting. There are a lot of people that come here every single week that go to AA, and if they, were, if they can't go to a bar, that would be too much for them, right? And actually saying that to yourself, saying, I can't handle it, I can't do this on my own, that's not a place I can be, that temptation is too strong, it's better. That, that humility is actually better for you than to be like, well, hey, I can do anything because God won't tempt me beyond what I can handle. I think a posture of humility, a posture of deep, like interdependence, like I don't want to be codependent with you all, but I want to be interdependent. I want to need you in a way that says, I need, my, I need strength. Can you give it to me? I need companionship. Can you help me? I feel alone. I feel weak. I feel like I can't do it on my own. Will you be with me? That seems like a very healthy way to go about it. But I think when we lie to ourselves and we say, I should be able to do this on my own. I should have the answers. I should be over my grief. I should have an... That's when we get into trouble. Right? That's when we say, like, well, well then what's wrong with me? Why haven't I been able to resist this temptation? Why haven't I been able to endure this pain or this hardship? Because you're human. And humans are fragile. And we have a difficult time navigating our lives. And we need each other. Like, we really do need each other. So I, I think part of why I find this problematic, this phrase, I, it's just, it, it comes with a whole set of dispositions that I think are, like, it's like an epidemic in our culture. And I think it leads to greater forms of isolation. 
Like, why would I want to share with you my failures um, if the expectation is I should be able to resist every temptation because, you know, God will just give me the strength. And yet, there's not a person in here who's overcome every temptation. <laughs> right? Uh, so, so let's get over it. I have a second uh, concern. And this one, you might not agree with me. Lots of people disagree, but I, I just, I've, I just wrestle, and I've said, I mean, you, you know my perspective if you've been here any length of time, but the idea of God giving you hardship, like God won't give you more than you can handle, as though it's God tempting you. <laughs> like God's like, let's see what Joe will do today. Ha <laughs> ha, I got you, Joe. God giving me, like zapping me with lightning, like, boom. That bad thing just happened to you. What are you going to do about it? Like this vision of God doing these things like a puppeteer orchestrating the circumstances of our lives makes me feel very uncomfortable. Like this vision of God, I want to think of God as loving. That's really hard when, like I was just talking to Chris Johnson. He was sharing with me some of the struggles of the Afghan men in our country right now. Like, ripped away from their country. They had to get on a plane in a split second. Some of their families are still back. You know, it's been a year, and it's like a lot of the things that were promised aren't happening. You talk about pain after pain after letdown after difficulty, and now they don't know what to do. God did that to them? God did it? I, I don't believe that. I, I don't believe, I, like, things happen. Life happens. Bad things happen. The stuff in Afghanistan goes back decades. Not only the United States occupation, before that it was the Soviet Union. It's been war-torn for 40 years. Lots of bad choices. God did it? So um, I, I immediately recoil at the thought. I feel much more at peace thinking about a God who is present to me in my pain who can give me strength when I'm at the end of my rope. But I, I have a hard time thinking about a God who put me at the end of my rope, who stuck me there on purpose. Uh, in Adam Hamilton's chapter, he, uh, he shares a letter he received uh, from a woman in his congregation as he was, uh, after he delivered this sermon. God won't give you more than you can handle. So this woman wrote him a note. Here's part of it. In response to your question about God not giving us more than we can handle, if someone tells me this one more time, I may lose it. First of all, God didn't cause my husband to beat me. He didn't make my brother take his own life. He didn't plant the IED that my nephew hit, which would result in him losing his leg. And he didn't give my best friend cancer. I could go on and on, but you get the idea. And I think I do get the idea, right? So theologically, there is like a theological tradition with a God being hands-on, God being a micromanager, God sort of every event happening according to God's plan. That, that is not the Methodist way, which I'm, I'm grateful for that. That's not, that's not how I see it. Another is a God that's much more hands-off, that life and the world take its course and God is present to, loving, breaking through in the midst of, but not controlling so God is someone I can look to for strength, but not someone I would blame for the things that happened. 
So Adam Hamilton recommends a change that I like, a change to the phrase. Instead of saying, no longer saying, don't worry, honey, God won't give you more than you can handle, we might say something like this instead. Uh, do you have that, TJ? I think it's maybe a couple click through. There you go. How about we say something like, God will help you handle all that you've been given. So think of the difference. God won't give you more than you can handle as though God is causing all the bad stuff in your life, but you can do it. You can make it through. Instead, we'll say, God will help you handle all that you've been given, all that life has thrown at you. God isn't the cause of the problems, but God can certainly be a source of strength in the midst of the problems. Or uh, a, a different way to say it, let's just cross out, won't give you more than you can handle, right? And we'll just say, God will help you walk through the unthinkable. You were never meant to handle it alone. See, that I like. That I call a theological full truth. <laughs> it's, not, <laughs> it's not a half truth. It's a full truth, right? God will help you walk through the unthinkable. You were never meant to handle it alone. So this is uh, the same letter. So the woman who writes the first half of the letter, let me tell you about uh, the second half. She continues, I absolutely reject the idea that all of these horrible things were God's will. What I do know beyond a shadow of a doubt is that God is helping me cope. It's not easy, but I know that I am never alone, even if it feels that way. I know I can turn to God and cry and kick and yell and scream, and God will comfort. I can thank God for connecting me with the attorney who helped me out of an abusive marriage. I can thank God for giving me the strength to talk to my brothers, uh, to talk through my brother's suicide in the hopes that it might be helpful to someone else. I can thank God for allowing my nephew to live instead of to be killed. God can help me turn the challenges into something good. So, for those in the room who are as frustrated by this phrase as I am, I want to challenge you to shift your posture and your disposition to one that recognizes you can't do it by yourself, that we have to talk about the things that are difficult for us, we have to share and be vulnerable, we have to let people into our lives and our hearts even when it's uncomfortable, so that we can support one another. So that God will not only work for me alone, isolated in my room, but God can work through all of you. That you become the physical manifestation of God's love for me, giving me strength through difficult times. Right? So we're not here to make it on our own, and we're not here to endure. We're here to support one another. We're here to fall apart with one another so that collectively and with God's help, we can help put each other back together. Amen? Let's, thank you. Let's pray. Lord, give us the courage to be vulnerable. Give us the strength to be transparent. Help us to be humble so that others might see who we really are, might, might be aware of what we're really going through, giving them the opportunity to lift us up giving them the opportunity to be your love in the world. Amen. If you would please stand as you're able for our closing song.